erase A's to help them remember that A says A for apple. Is that what A says? <laughs> or and bazillion other things because English is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so what do we watch? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, isn't that that? It was like it's called the Seven Dwarfs instead of Dwarves, mm-hmm. but didn't they change it at some point? No, no, I don't think so. It's still just the Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. But that must have been proper English at the time, right? No. No, you don't think so? No, it wasn't. So what happened in this movie? Started with the book, and I had to speed read it to you. Oh right, that's pretty impressive, actually. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't realize there were there were words on screen, and then we looked up, and I was like, "Oh, there's words!" And he just da, 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 da. so that was good. Yeah, so the, it's like the setup, basic storybook setup, and it makes sense. It's like the first Disney movie ever, right? So correct. So it makes sense, but it's still kind of narration. Not yeah. kind, it is narration. But you get the setup that the witch, wait, the stepmother. Has a mirror, and she really wants to be the fairest. <laughs> and she doesn't want people to think that she cheats. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> she wants to make sure that people will always play games with her, and that she will always let them win if they're going to win, or she will win by actual skill. Yeah, <laughs> she wants it all on the level, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Am I the fairest? <laughs> no, somebody else has more respect for the rules than you. Oh no. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, no. Oh. She, it's supposed to be prettiest, but I still don't understand really the criteria. Because Snow White looks like a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's really... Uh, the stepmother's pretty good. Like, if she just took the cowl off or whatever. Yeah. And smiled. Oh, I shouldn't say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know. She just let her hair down a bit. Yeah. Uh, she's more attractive than freaking baby Snow White. So I don't see what her deal is. Mm-hmm. Well, the mirror said Snow White is more attractive. So that's and, so the mirror. Like a prince just like sees her for two seconds and it's like head over the heels in love with her. <laughs> yeah, so. that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but I still don't. Anyway, we just don't know the criteria that the mirror uses. It's like, oh, which one looks more like a giant baby? And that's what it <laughs> uses. I just don't understand what its criteria is. But anyway, so then we see Snow White. Do you find any of the Disney princesses attractive? Yeah, they all, all of them. Ariel, uh, Jasmine, Belle, they're all very attractive princesses. But look at the ones you just named, all from within your lifespan. What? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the ones that... That were created since you've been alive. So that means that <laughs> they could just be... You sound like Carl Pilkington right now. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. They're just catered... Like, definitions of beauty change over time. So giant babies were hot back then. I think so. I, oh, God. Oh... <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, it's just, I don't know. She's just, she's weird looking. But so they go on and was there anything else with the, the stepmother in the mirror? Or is that all that happens in that? She's just, oh, no, the mirror says she's the fairest now. So Yeah, I just had a thought though. I read an article that explained and kind of detailed how Disney princesses, did you read this one? No, no, go ahead. But over time have become more childlike. So it's funny that you think she's a giant baby because it went through and kind of showed proportions of each Disney princess and the originals like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. I read that too, yeah. Yeah, they have adult proportions and and features, but like Moana has childlike proportions and features. Yeah, Moana, but she's kind of a joke. But I mean, she was the last one in the progression, though. It it was going that direction. So I think it's funny that you think Snow White's a giant baby. (laughs) 
Like, I don't know, but I was going to say, we went, at some point we had like, it might have been what spawned the whole thing of going through this whole bracket and talking about these movies, was that we were talking very deeply about the symbolism and, and everything in Snow White. It was this time last year, because we all, my, was it? my teammates and I all were Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs for, oh, right. okay. for what's that thing called that's coming up? Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. But yeah, so you fell asleep. Wait, we started talking about doing this a year ago? I don't know. <laughs> Might have been. Might have been. Holy cow. Yeah, it's been a while. But you fell asleep and I fell asleep for a, a tiny bit of it. But you were asleep for a while. I was. Um. So I don't know how... <laughs> How much analysis we're going to be able to do? Analysis. Analysis. <laughs> it's like Alice in Wonderland thing. We're going to do an analysis of it. <laughs> no, uh, so then we meet Snow White and she's just washing the steps outside. She's really. And you were so incredulous. Like she just dumps the water on the steps. Like, <laughs> well, so like that was good. a big faux pas. And why? She's a princess. Why is she washing steps? I read that to you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, maybe if it would have slowed down a bit. <laughs> what is she just, so she's the, being. The stepmother in in hopes of keeping her not fair, unfair. I don't know what the word Make her uglier? Yeah. She dressed, <laughs> she dressed her in rags and made her act as if she was a scullery maid. <laughs> Do these gross things. It'll make you less fair. All right. <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> but. Because <laughs> I guess the mirror's not into that. It's like, <laughs> like the, the mirror. <laughs> No, that's so weird. But so she's doing that and she's getting water out of the deal and she's talking to the birds. Mm -hmm. Um, then all the animals are like hanging out with her, right? Yeah. And it's well, what it's is mostly the... just birds at this point. Right. She's saying that this is a wishing well and oh, right, right. sings into it. And... Oh, and she meets the guy then. Yeah. Meets the prince and they're like, Hey, what's your name? We're in love. And, and that's that. Yeah. What else? And she runs up onto the balcony and is up there. And I think that's just our f our introduction into the level of her beauty. I think that scene is just to set the tone that she is like this highly desired. Right. 15 year old. <laughs> is she 15? Something like that. Oh my God. That's gross. Yeah. So she ran inside away from him and then does anything else happen? No, because then we jump to the Ferris stood on the wall again, and the, to the mirror. Yeah, and the so the stepmother is like, is this when she tells the guy? Yeah, so the oh. mirror tells her that it she's the fair, not no longer the fairest, and just describes the the who it is, and lips as red as rose, and hair as black as ebony, and skin as snow as white. As snow as white. I think it was before that. I think it, it was, was before, before we even that, saw her because because they did that, and then I and she was like snow white, and I and then we cut to her, and I was like her. Skin isn't that white. It's yeah, more peachish. Yeah. So, yeah. So, then I guess after the balcony scene. What kind of name is Snow White? Like, her name's Snow and her last name's White? No, her parents named her Snow White. That's what it says in the beginning. Of the what episode. are you doing? Because She's you need 14. To... Oh, my God. <laughs> that is freaking scary. But make sure you're talking at the thing. You keep okay. turning away from the deal. I will talk at the thing. But... Hold on. But her name is, so it's not like Jack and Meg White had Snow White and named no. her Snow. No, her, like, her full name is Snow White. Oh my God, you dog. <laughs> Why do you pick now to do this? That's so much noise. I was trying to look up the original at that point to see why they named her Snow White. There uh, was I don't. There was it says like in the preamble of the, the original. Oh, when it the says queen something first, about that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's a stupid name. Anyway, so friggin'. She's cleaning and stuff, so she's grosser. And then, and the, I keep wanting to say witch, but she's just stepmother, right? I mean, she's, she's got witch-like. Evil witch -like queen is her evil technical queen. name. Okay. So the evil queen 
sends the huntsman. I Not she, her husband. I thought she said husband. I was like, this is getting dark. Her father has to go and kill her. Uh, but okay, so the huntsman though, and apparently he just hunts for the kingdom or something. Yeah. That's all we get from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he, so he's gonna he's taking her out to go look for maybe he's the bodyguard. So well, he's he's like usually he'd be there to protect her, right? While she's yeah. out amongst the commoners yeah. picking flowers. Right. And but this time he's supposed it was, to kill her. Uh, no matter what it was, it was obvious that she was un- not scared by the fact that she was out there and right right and she because i think he went with her out there right so she expected him to be there it was like a regular thing they did right so okay here's what i didn't like it's just kind of funny to me like the queen lets her dress in fancy clothes when she leaves the the castle oh yeah didn't make her wear her wear rags, rags or anything. Yeah, that's true. And so that, and again, Snow White didn't seem too phased by the fact that she's wearing a fancy dress. So that seemed like a commonplace thing for her. Right. Why is this? It's time to play, he says. <laughs> Buddy, you want to play? She is out there doing stuff, picking flowers, and then, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, that was the worst throw in the history of throws. <laughs> He was just trying to distract so that he could... <laughs> so, yeah, flowers and then... And then... The huntsman's going to kill her. Yeah, so she's, she's, we see a little bit more of her gentle side and she finds a baby bird and gets it back to its mother as the killer's like... Lurking? Yeah. Okay. Pulling out his knife and then she lets the baby bird go and then turns around and he, she's like... Because he's about to stab her and we see a huge knife on the screen. Make sure you're projecting. <laughs> So then he's like, oh, I can't do it. You forgot the part where you were like, holy cow, lady, when she was like, you have to bring back her heart in this box. (laughs) That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Huntsman, not only do you have to kill (laughs) this 14-year-old girl for no reason except for my vanity, but you also have to cut her heart out and bring it to me. That's pretty intense. But yeah. And then he's like, no, just run, just run. Yeah. And then like at that point, I was like, why didn't he bring her some money or something? But I get that he was struggling with it. And that's his last second. Yeah. He was going to follow through. Yeah, he couldn't really plan that. But geez, gonna follow through? This is like last second? This is like, what, Abraham and Isaac. It's like, you know, if you decide at the last moment, there's something wrong with you if you were okay with it for for a little while there. Uh, So I think there's some serious parallels between that story and this one. But Abraham didn't, he didn't decide last moment not to do it. He was going to let it go, th- go through. Well, right, he was just going to so, do yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, so she flees into the forest and at first I really didn't like this section. I like it a lot. You do? Well, yeah. that's what I was going to say before you stole my thunder. Um, oh. But I guess I kind of set it up with that first I really didn't like. Yeah. This <laughs> kind of assumes that I'm going to go a different direction. You could have gone. Then I really hated it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It just... Because uh, the the all the world was coming alive, you know, it, it's not necessarily actual. It's right, not like the I... logs are actually turning into alligators. It's it's just the perception because she's in flight and she's scared. And I think it's relatable. Like when you're out in the, the woods or something like that, and you start thinking things are gonna trying to grab you, but they're just inanimate, inanimate objects. Inanimate. Uh, you're relatable. What I was going to say is that I think there's a big thematic thing here when it comes to, like, human psychology. Because at this point, all the things that, like I said, she was comfortable with the huntsman here when she's Mm -hmm. off doing her stuff. So she expects that this situation is supposed to be safe. You know, and with a stepmother, it's still your mother. So you expect that whole thing. You're supposed to be safe in that. But once that is undermined, she doesn't have that anymore, then it's like the whole world flips upside down. So I just, I love that. 
I mean, it's great. It's symbolic. It's psychological. It's, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so I, I just, it's a really kind of a deep thing that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Yeah. But what's, what's after that? So she can't take it anymore and she passes out, faints. All right. And then, it, but it, it transmogrifies into like the eyes that were in the trees and uh-huh. all that. They just turn into animals, yeah. right? And the yeah. animals are all like sniffing at her, trying to figure out what's going yeah, on. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of just, they're saying it's that, that parallel. Well, she was in this panic, terrified mode when everything was actually harmless. And right, right. It's just so. a bunch of deer and bunnies and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so I really like that. I mean, that whole sequence, mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I'm glad we rewound it to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, then after that, all the animals she's like talking to animals and stuff and asking that she's saying oh i couldn't fit in a tree i can't fit in a nest and they're like oh we know a place it's the holiday inn and down the road and so they dra- like pull her yeah. <laughs> they grab her and pull her to this house what's at the house it's a messy filthy disgusting pigsty wow that was a harsh criticism jeez <laughs> bunch of roommates in there no ladies around, so they don't really have to clean up, and they just work. Yeah. So it's it's pretty gross. And they did a really good job of animating that. Like it it looked really dirty, you know, yeah. the cobwebs and everything mm-hmm. around. Uh, but then all the animals agree to not. They didn't sign a contract or anything. It's just they all start cleaning. They were up. standing in a general vicinity, and she's <laughs> like, "Okay, you guys do that." <laughs> They're like, all right. There's all this. But I liked this because, like, the animals washing the plates, they're doing it their way. They're right. licking it and <laughs> using their tails and stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. That and- was a great way to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. And it's funny how often, like, a lot of these princesses really use a lot of free animal labor. Yeah. Like, they don't pay them, you know, in any way. Nope. It was just like, like, here's some food or whatever else. It's just, no, you're going to work for me. And that's. Yep. But yeah, I, it was absolutely great that the animals just do it in a terrible way. And then and she's like, no, no, put it in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just lick the stuff off of there. That's gross. Uh, but the guys, I'm trying to get it under the carpet, sweep the dirt right. under the carpet. And then, you know, and then it kind of goes, it kind of evolves into then they're watching her to see how do they do it. And you got the squirrel that shakes its tail out outside. Right, right. But, and that's one of the things about, that I noticed the most about this movie is how much time they spend in each one of these sequences. It's like this kind of a thing nowadays, just a filmmaker would be so like antsy about, no, we got to get it moving along. We, we have to get some action beats. We have to get mm-hmm. some story uh, going or something. But they just sit in this space for a while and just yeah. let them clean the house, you know, and, and put a bunch of little things in here that you get to you get to look at and, and enjoy. So I really appreciated that. Uh, and then they've got the running turtle joke. Yeah. Where he's always, well, ironically. <laughs> so the slow turtle that can never, never catches up before they're going the other direction. I wonder if that he's supposed to be symbolic for a politician, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> he's just following the crowd, but he's always way behind, and then they already switch the other direction by the time he's he's getting to where they were. That makes sense. And then he's always hiding in the show. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think that's exactly where that. All it's right, a it's metaphor. politician. Yeah, I forget. Were you asleep say. now? No, I'm still awake. Oh, but um, then they just go to bed, right? Yeah, they go upstairs, and she assumes that their names are on their beds, and lays down, and goes to sleep, and all the other animals go to sleep as well, and then it jumps to the diamond vine and all the iconic songs that we're we're all aware of uh they get some (laughs) you're getting tired in the middle of this (laughs) Uh, then they get they get some diamonds and jewels and things and sing their song about working and then they head home right are you furrowing 
I saw a tag and I was confused by it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, five o'clock comes around and they're like, all right, time to go. And then they lock all the stuff in the vault, <laughs> aptly named vault, yeah. and lock it and leave the key next to it. Right. And I had an extended, like I was thinking for a lengthy period of time about like an Ocean's Eleven movie, but they're breaking into the, <laughs> into the vault of the, <laughs> the seven dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah, for a while I was thinking about that. Yeah, uh, but this probably would be a pretty boring movie. Hey guys, look, they left us a key. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then they head home, mm-hmm. and uh, this is another long sequence where they're sneaking up on the house, and then they're going inside and noticing. Yeah, well, they stop before they even get to the house because they see that it's lit up inside and their door is open. Right. And I don't. Like, why is it lit inside? Because she's, so she started making food and then went up and went to sleep and left all the things up down. Well, the there. food was still cooking, so that's a fire by itself. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, so they're, but they see it's open, so they decide, okay, we're gonna. We have to, there's something wrong. We gotta sneak up and Grumpy's like, this is trouble. Yeah. But they sneak in, and then when they're in the house, like I said, they're recognizing that everything's clean. They go through a bunch of different things. You know, oh, she dusted, and something's cooking, and Grumpy's like, no, it's poison. And uh, they're like, somebody stole the dishes, and like they didn't steal the dishes. They're right here, and they're clean or whatever. But they're going through a whole bunch of this stuff. I feel bad for this one. But that's the part that I was like, the one who's like, my cup is, there's no sugar left. And I was like, what if that was all the sugar they had? And he was just... <laughs> That's how he kept making his drink. Yeah. Uh, well, you would be. Did, with, did away with it. <laughs> you would be sympathetic related to drinks. Yeah. <laughs> that you have to make at home. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So they do that and then they're going to send Dopey upstairs. Mm-hmm. And he's a mute. Yeah. He can't talk. He never can. He doesn't like We do hear his voice. We do? Once. What? When he gets scared upstairs and it's not totally unexpected. Oh, really? He yells out or something? Yeah, he yells oh. out. And, you know, because he's dopey, you expect it, at least I do, expect it to be some high-pitched child's voice. And he yells out and is like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> really? That's your dopey impression. They think that she's a monster, so they're all fleeing. And then Rightly they... so, though. Like, the way he saw her. Yeah, because she covered three beds and was under the covers, so yeah. he didn't actually see any actual person in there. Yeah. Yeah. Dopey's all slapstick. He, you know, he's mute, so there's a bunch yeah. of slapstick. And there are only two slapstick parts that I actually enjoyed with Dopey. They're later. So Dopey runs out, and he's got stuff on him, so they beat him up because they think he's the monster. And then they're like, oh, you're not the monster, so they have to go back in. But like I said, this is a really long sequence, mm-hmm. and it's just them going into the house, you right. know? That they finally get upstairs and see her, and they're about to pummel her and with pickaxes. <laughs> they actually said, "Let's kill it before it gets us." Yeah, this is again where they demonstrated they're better than Abraham. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they they have him there and they're gonna do it, and then the, they stop themselves at the last second. Yeah. Then she wakes up. But I feel like there's a self control. Abraham is using a whole lot of self control not to save Isaac. Oh my god. Okay, whatever. Just. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you're going to parallel it. So she wakes up and they're talking and she's going through her thing. I like that Doc and Grumpy get into a bit of a spat. And I like that Doc messes up his words a whole bunch. Yeah. It makes him distinguishable, you know, from everybody. Because they don't, like, he has glasses, but they don't talk about his credentials or anything like that. So uh, that's one thing that makes him distinguishable. And he's, like, the reasonable one. And Grumpy has a... <laughs> he's really, he's really anti-woman. <laughs> 
Like, it's really bad. I don't know what his backstory is, or if we got a Snow White 2 Grumpy's, <laughs> you know, backstory. <laughs> Or something. Uh, yeah, he's really anti-woman. And then they go through the whole thing. She, They go through the sequence where she tells them to go wash their hands. Yeah. And this, I really appreciate this for character purposes. Because she could she could just be really generic all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is maybe the only moment where she has a little bit more to her. Because she's like really, she's kind of messing with them. And, <laughs> you know? And then tells them, no, you're going to have to go wash or you're not getting any food. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. So there's a little bit of personality there. You know, for the rest of it, there's not much personality. Although she's generally likable. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem like she's trying to sell herself as likable, so I really appreciate that. But uh, yeah, this is where there's some actual personality. What happens after that? They gang up on Grumpy, and because he's like, "I'm not washing." Oh right. And so they all gang up on him, and they get him washed up, and then they go inside and eat. Yeah, yeah, and then they have a. Oh, this is where you fell asleep because they have a party after this. Yep. And they're all dancing, and this is where there's like a fly buzzing around that makes Dopey accidentally do an awesome drum solo. Yeah. So that's that was a slapstick that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> then, but it's a nice, it's a nice little sequence. They're just they're just partying. You can tell that they don't get this kind of thing. Right. So it's just a lot of fun. They're dancing around, and there's just really there's something reflective of. Here, I take it back to this again. Lady and her friends. <laughs> Because it seems genuine, uh, you know, and it seems organic, and they didn't really have to... It doesn't seem like they're trying too hard to establish that they have a relationship. Right. Of course, Lady and her friends have a long history that's implied, but here it seems like it's established pretty quickly that they're, you know, they work well together and Mm -hmm. they're friendly and all that stuff. And they're allowing her to stay because she cooks them food. Right, (laughs) right. So at least there's like this symbiotic relationship there. She, they're, you know, she's earning her keep and... It is a tad gender role-y, of course. Of course. um, Because it's just the men going off to work and the woman cleans and cooks, but still they go through and then they say, you can have the bed and then they fight over the pillow and and then it's the next day and they go off to work. Yep. And uh, that's when the stepmother devises a plan. She asks the mirror first. Oh, who's right. the fairest. And the mirror says that Snow White is still alive. And she's like, no. Right, she had a pig heart. Yep. Yeah. And that's when she devises the plan. What kind of, I mean, that is pretty ridiculous. Like, you just, there are only like four people in the kingdom so uh, i don't know that it's that necessary that she'd be the fairest like what does she accomplish to that she's already married to the king too so yeah. what's what is the point yeah sure uh, then she divides and i like this actually i know it kind of goes with the theme of everything taking forever but she instead of just oh i know some magic words that are gonna you know mm-hmm. do the spell on this apple she does a whole alchemy of designing the things and explaining the individual uh, like the things that make her hair white yeah. and make her ugly and give her a voice of an old lady and all this other stuff she says i need this and that and we put those together and put it through this thing and <laughs> like it was uh, it was a do-it-yourself wiki how video yeah. <laughs> you know? but she goes all the way through it just to show how she does it she gets the apple and poisons it so she doesn't just like inject it like on halloween uh she just she puts a puts it in a bath or something and makes it mm-hmm. poison <laughs> i liked like she did this and then she's like oh wait a minute is there an antidote to this <laughs> she goes and checks the book she does yeah yeah after she did it <laughs> then she goes and checks the book she's like ah oh, true love's kiss what the <laughs> hell <laughs> She's like, dang it. So I would have to like burn her alive. 
Because <laughs> this true love's kiss antidote. I should have read the whole thing. It's pretty awesome. In the original, the apple's her third attempt. Oh, really? In the original, she gives her like a corset and laces it up too tight, and the dwarves get back just in time and slit the the threads. Oh, really? And then she gives her a comb and stabs it into her head. The comb, the comb is poisoned, and it's she stabs it into her head. Like, and again, the dwarves get back and remove the comb. And then actually, in the original, it's not a poison apple. She chokes on it. And, and <laughs> so she just gives her a regular apple and she chokes it, on it. I don't know whether it's poison and that's what caused her to choke on it. Uh-huh. But they revive her eventually, not with the true love's kiss, I don't think. I think it's they get the apple piece out of her throat. Oh, uh, but that would be pretty funny, like freaking hilarious. If if this wicked stepmother is like, okay, you know, I've been trying to kill you. I feel like this is wrong. I just want to offer this as like <laughs> an amends. This is a really good apple. It's a pink lady. It's the best harvest. And she's like, all right. She takes a bunch. She's choking on. She's like, come on. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> so she gets the apple and the old ladies, the animals are trying to prevent her from eating it. Yeah. They know that they realize something's up. And there are these vultures that are like hanging out. So I liked the vultures in that they were just vultures, period. Yes, absolutely. They were, you know, you, you see them at first and you make you think that they're her henchmen. That's yes. why they've showed up. They're her henchmen. And then when she goes falling off the cliff, they go to devour her. That's <laughs> yeah, freaking like, amazing. It was, was so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing because I absolutely expected them to be henchmen. I was just yeah. like, oh, that's just what they're going to be. But no, absolutely not. So those vultures are heroes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they are. are. Do they later become the vultures in Jungle Book? No, they're the parents of the vultures in Jungle Book. Like they're and the vultures in Jungle Book are like the the kids you're not proud of. You know, I see. <laughs> it's like they could have gone. They needed to go do something with such awesome parents. I see. Uh, but I they see. didn't accomplish anything. So. They just hang out and talk, what should we do? Gotcha. <laughs> so, but yeah, so the dwarves get back. And I love that the dwarves are all tough. So where's... What? I was annoyed what? by this. What? Like the animals are like, let's go get them. And they go and that, and then they get there and the dwarves are already on their way home at first. You know what I'm thinking? No, they the, weren't. Yeah, they were. They, they were, were on their way to work. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. No, they, they were, were just... Seeing. We're on our way to work. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, they were not. <laughs> Nice try. They were. they were putting all their, they were packing up all their pickaxes and nope. starting to pull them home. They weren't pr- pulling them home. They don't pull them, pull them home in the thing. They pull them into the mine in the thing. Do you see them dragging the thing all the way home? Do they ever do that? No. No, they don't. Exactly. They were, they were pulling up. it into the mine. They were cleaning up and coming home anyway. <laughs> they were not. But anyway, I was saying I was annoyed at first with that. Because okay. I was like, they were already coming home. The animals are slowing them down, trying, you know, because they're all like, what are these animals doing? But then they rode on the animals, which got them home faster. So then I was okay with it. But yeah. still. I Except like, they were going to work. So it made perfect sense. And it was. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> if they were just going to work, how did, how did Snow White just all of a sudden bake a whole entire pie in the time it took them to get to work? Oh, my God. It's the yeah. walk to work. She was just baking a pie. How long does it take to bake a pie? It doesn't take very long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but yeah, they head all the way back and then they're like, oh, there she is. And I hate it. She's like, the way to a man's heart is apple pie. (laughs) Just because you don't like apple pie. Yeah. Uh, Well, you're not a man either. Yeah, but she's. 
I just didn't like that line. You didn't? No, no, it bothered me. But plus she's, well, I mean, is she implying the way to, no, because she says, I think she says the way to a little man's or A little like man's. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that's what she kept, she, she kept saying, are there any little men home here? <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think because it's not about her getting the prince or getting no, a man to no. marry. It was just like you could make your, your little pals happy yeah. if you make them an apple pie, you know, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, but eventually she takes a bite of the freaking apple and yeah. collapses. And I like that they didn't show it. Yeah, yeah, it was artistic. It's just kept on the witch and watching her reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. And then we just cut to Snow White's hand. And the apple with the bite out of it. Yep. And then, and this is in the 40s, it was 1940 or something when this was made? Uh, yeah, but so it just falls and the witch or the stepmother flees mm-hmm. and it's raining now and i really like like i said that the dwarves are all tough yeah. and they were like oh we'll take care of whatever yeah. <laughs> she shows up we'll take care of her uh, and then chase her down and then she gets up to the precipice and is gonna shove a whole huge boulder onto the dwarves and then she gets struck by lightning yeah <laughs> or the thing gets struck by lightning and she falls down and then the vultures uh get a nice meal yeah yeah. But then they head back and they're like, oh no, she's dead. No one in the kingdom ever wondered where the evil queen went. No, nobody asks. Uh, but they're, I mean, that's only the beginning of the questions that people should have related to all this stuff. Because later that she's in the glass coffin and the prince shows up uh, when they're- Did you not read the screen either? No, I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't read it at all. It said that the dwarves, even in death, was, she was too beautiful to, to bury her. So they created a glass coffin with gold. And, no, I saw that. Yeah. And then it said that the prince who had been searching for her forever. So that, that answered one question. Like nobody was like, what happened to the princess? Well, yeah, but, I wasn't I wasn't criticizing it on that basis. I was just saying that the prince shows up. I'm saying, yeah, it was fine because he asked around and somebody and people were talking about there's this crazy hot lady in a in a glass. Yes, he had heard <laughs> the stories of the yeah. beautiful maiden in a glass coffin. Right. Yeah. And now I want to <laughs> think about just people just sitting around, you know, just doing their day to day stuff and the gossip around the water cooler. Did you hear about this lady? <laughs> <laughs> some dwarves she wouldn't live with some dwarves and then <laughs> she ate a poison apple now she's in a glass coffin what's going on here <laughs> it's just cracks me up the minutia of this story yeah so he hears he shows up while they're doing a little ritual thing or they're just all the dwarves and the animals are there being sad yeah because they kept a vigil over her right so uh, somebody was always there with her right uh, but they open the glass for that and rigor mortis hadn't set in or anything so Dude shows up and he's like, oh my god, we met. I don't even... Wait, did they exchange names even? (laughs) We saw each other once. I've been looking for you forever. He kisses her and not to like do anything. He just kisses her. I mean, it's a little weird. Kiss her lips or does he kiss her forehead? Lips. Okay. Yeah, he goes for the lips. Um, It's a little creepy. Uh, So that's what it is in the original. He kisses her lips. He realizes something that he dislodges the apple. Yeah. What kind of a kiss is that? That's like it's a tongue and everything else. That's that's a crazy kiss. But yeah, he kisses her lips, a bit of necrophilia, and then she wakes up. And like I said, there are no questions here. 
here. She just wakes up and she's like, oh, I'm awake. This well, is great. Part of that is, though, what? that she the reason she bit into the apple is because the witch told her it was a wishing apple. And she had made this whole long wish about her true love coming to get her and taking her away. You and got a point there. Yeah. You got a point. So she wakes up and she's like, oh, look, my wish came true. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. And the dwarves like, dude, do you have any idea what happened in between? We had to chase your stepmother up a thing. But they did it. They're just like, yeah, go with the stranger. Yeah. Thanks for... Well, that's what I mean. The guy doesn't ask any questions. He's no. just like, well, I thought she was dead. <laughs> like, why did she wake up? How did you, what's going on here? Yeah, so she wakes up and then he's just taking her off and she's not living with the dwarves anymore. I was sad about that. I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Yeah. Like, they did the work. Where was he this whole time? Right. Like, they did the work. They saved her. They were going to look out for her. They looked out for her corpse, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's just, she's just leaving. They she's all- gone. <laughs> Dopey goes for a kiss on the lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pulls her ears. Yeah. Uh, and then that's it. She's just gone with the freaking prince. Yep. And it ends in one of the... So when was the last Disney movie that ends with that like portrait tableau thing at the end? They lived it happily ever after, you mean? No, like, I know, I remember your epitome of best Disney movies ever, Lady and the Tramp, ends like that, just like a like a painting. Oh, 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 yeah, I know what you do. Lady and the Tramp. Was it? I don't know. Because all of these originals, that's how they end. It's just yeah. like on a... Did, did, what's it stupid tangle? Did it end that way? I don't remember. I remember it just pulling away, like the camera panning off, and I don't remember. I don't know, but it, it looked nice. Yeah. And so that was the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. You fell asleep. Sure did. For an extended period of time. Obviously not, though, because I didn't miss much. No, it's because everything took 20 minutes, like That's, no matter what they were doing. Honestly, when I was falling asleep, I'm like, I'm not going to miss anything. It's the same, going to be the same scene when I wake back up. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. So. I, the only thing I really genuinely missed any part of, I didn't see any of the castle, like with the queen doing her thing. You didn't see a whole bunch. You didn't see when they were having their party either. You missed that entire part. That was part of dinner. <laughs> Whatever. You missed a lot. But anything else? Nope. All right, bye. show on the road excuse me were you making some kind of a reference yes but you have to figure it out the world's end by edgar wright yep okay so what did we watch uh that looks nice rescuers down under it's a show by michael stanley i mean a song by michael stanley yeah 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 rescuers down under okay did things happen in this movie yeah what are you doing I'm looking to see about the source of that phrase. Okay, um, are we going to get cupcakes tomorrow? No. <laughs> so what what happens in this movie? Uh, it starts with the kid getting a signal that he needs to go do some stuff. The kid gets a signal? Yeah. The kid gets a signal? Yeah. I thought he was just sleeping and woke up and how did he get a signal? The kangaroo sent it to him. The kid is getting a signal from a kangaroo? Uh-huh. Alright. Where were you with it? I, I just remember it shooting through the, like, toward the house. Yeah. 
And I liked that shot. Yeah. And then he was getting up, and I, I guess I never knew why he was getting up <laughs> to do anything. But Yeah, he, the didgeridoo sound came, and he was like, oh, man. He jumped out of bed in just his shorts. And then at first you thought it was Penny because they had the bear there next to it, but it wasn't because it was a boy who jumped out of bed without a shirt on. And then he snuck out of the house from his mom. He had a Winnie the Pooh as well? Neither one of them were Winnie the Pooh, but It was yes. Winnie the Pooh. Okay. And he sneaks out of the house and then his mom yells something and then he says, I'll be fine, mom, or something like that. And then he ends up in the forest. He gets in there in the middle of the, I guess it wouldn't be a forest, I guess it's the middle of the outback. And the kangaroo is there. Oh no, as he's running by all the other animals, he's like, hurry up you and you too, you animals, and gets them all there. And like, so-and-so sounded the alarm or something. And then- All the other animals were completely pointless though. Right, that's where I was getting to. All right, go ahead. And he gets to the kangaroo and the kangaroo's like, the giant eagle is trapped by a poacher. You're the only one that could get to him. In that instance, you're like, well, why did he call the other animals? They can't do anything if he's the only one. It's a her. What is? The giant eagle's a her. I wasn't referencing the giant eagle. You just said you were the only one who could get to him. The giant eagle is trapped and you're the only one who can get to him. All right. I am clearing that up because it's incorrect. All right. And... So, cut to him climbing a giant cliff. Which, bam, whole movie ruined right there. Because <laughs> it's the most outlandish for, it's not even contrived plot points, it's outlandish nonsense <laughs> that completely took me out of it 100%. <laughs> he's climbing the, a sheer cliff, it's like Mission Impossible 2 or whichever one that is, where he's just, he's not Tom Cruise, he's just climbing the cliff, he's like five years old, and what? He can't do that? He's going to save a giant eagle, which there are giant eagles, apparently. And it's like, all right. I mean, riding a kangaroo is one thing. Climbing a giant cliff hundreds of feet in the air without any safety gear to save a giant eagle is another thing. Yep. And then it just kept adding to it because he got up there and saved the eagle and the eagle knocks him off the thing because it's flailing. And so he's falling, oh, hundreds of feet from the, to the ground. And then the eagle catches him and they go on a 20 minute, oh, this is masturbatory non-story. Gosh. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's pointless. And the eagle's like, oh yeah, I'm good. And he can't talk to the eagle for some reason. We don't know why. Yeah. But he's just going on this flying thing, which some of it looked cool, but it was just completely pointless. There's no, no reason for any of it. And he's just going and going and going, and then he's Jesus, and then it's, it's just nonstop. And then finally, the eagle takes him back to the... Oh my god, it's ridiculous. He didn't... He wasn't Jesus. He never walked on water. He was water skiing. Fine, but he didn't have water skis. People barefoot water ski. He had to step up from that. He had shoes on. No, that modern Jesus would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but whatever. He, but he was doing that, and then the eagle takes him back to her eggs uh-huh. for no reason. I thought the eagle was going to try to keep him there. Like it was the <laughs> yeah. ba- his, he was her, her new baby. Or new husband. I didn't go there. <laughs> she That's lost, weird. She lost her her man because he he's an absentee father. And no, the poacher got him no absentee father but so the kid knows where the eggs are because the eagle happened to take him there before taking him home 
Which the stupid eagle could have just caught him and then put him down or whatever. Oh, so stupid. The eagle was just expressing its gratitude. Gratitude? Yeah, gratitude. <laughs> All right. Probably don't need that crock pot anymore. Okay, what else happens and in the thing? And then the eagle gives him a feather. Right. And then drops him off in the middle of the outback again. And as he's going, he hears a mouse. But did you see that there was a, a wanted poster for yes. the villain in well, the middle of freaking nowhere? We haven't got to that part yet. Yeah, we have because we see it before he finds the mouse. No, he he's running towards the sound of the mouse. Oh my god, you just said that you're so ridiculous. So fine, he's right toward the side of the bus where we see a wanted poster that's put up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like in the middle of a forest and they just put up a wanted poster. True. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good way to advertise it. <laughs> the animals could see it. <laughs> yeah. It's their, their sign to stay away from him. So yeah, there's a mouse. What if the animals are the ones that put it up? We don't know that. The animals have printer technology? Yes. I don't know about that. But, so, he hears the mouse and goes try to save it, it falls in a hole. The mouse is like, no, no, it's a trap, it's a trap, using the same mice talk as Cinderella mice. Does it? Mm-hmm. Why do the other mice speak normally, then? Because they're refined and wear clothes. Did this mouse have clothes on? <gasps> no. It was streaking. <laughs> Maybe it was drunk, and that's why it wasn't speaking normally. <laughs> but, yeah. It was an aboriginal mice mouse. I'm talking about my teeth. I'm sorry. <laughs> And he falls in the trap. And the hunter guy gets a signal to go get the stuff from the trap. Right. Um, and then more outla- not not contrived plot point, but outlandish nonsense. When he's driving in his truck, he goes off a jump. And he's like in the air for 10 seconds when he's going off the thing to get down to where his trap is. It's just, why do you need to add that? It just makes it ridiculous. Like, how does he get back up that thing in his truck for one? How does his truck survive that kind of a jump when it's that kind of a truck? It's not a rally car. He can't just go flying off of hills like that. That's ridiculous. I didn't see any of that. Okay, well, you didn't even fall asleep, so you can't blame it on that. Nope. Anyway, not only that, but we just saw the kid climbing up a sheer mountain face with no issue whatsoever, hundreds of feet in the air, but he has trouble with a little hole. Well, he didn't have trouble with it. Like, thought as he was starting to climb, we're like, well, duh, we know he can climb this, but then he just misgrabbed. He grabbed a branch that broke off. That was why he fell. Oh, oh really? Was yeah. that why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that just takes care of all of it, does it? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Oh, okay. But he's oh god, still have it in my teeth. So the mouse comes back with a vine and he's like, awesome. And then he gets to the top and then they hear the rumbling of the car. And instead of continuing to climb out of the hole, he just hangs out at the top of the hole there and doesn't go anywhere. Sure does. The mouse jumps in his backpack. And here's some contrived plot point. So it just happened to be right at that time that the guy shows up and and cuts off his thing so he can't climb out and get away. Just instantly like that. Mm -hmm. Perfect timing. And that happens multiple times throughout the stupid deal. Stupid movie. So the mouse jumps in the kid's backpack and they both fall to the bottom of the trap. Right. And then the guy's like, oh, there's a person here and tries to cover up that he's a poacher. But then yet again, another freaking outlandish nonsense is that the hole, when we were inside the hole with the kid, it's like 40 feet deep. It's ridiculous. So he has to climb to be able to get out. But when the guy is trying to get him out, he just puts his gun down there. Uh And it's long enough for the kid to grab onto. And and get him out of it. Right. Ugh. So then he gets the kid out. And 
Another outlandish nonsense plot point. The guy who's a poacher is now going to graduate to uh, not only a kidnapper, but a kid torturer and then a kid murderer. He just goes straight to that. Money does things to people. Oh, <laughs> money does things to people. Yeah, that's a little, that's a pretty big leap from I'm a poacher. We don't know if he wasn't a kidnapper and a murderer before. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, they didn't establish that, did they? No. Nope. But he's just going straight to, oh, yeah, okay, well, now I'm kidnapping and I'm torturing a kid by putting him against a, a map and throwing knives at him. And I'm going to kill him. You didn't say why he kidnapped the kid. You even jumped right over that one. Because he thought the kid knew... Because the kid had a... mouse jumps out of the... Pokes its head out of the backpack and the stupid lizard thing goes to attack the mouse. And that's how they find out that he has a feather in his backpack. More contrived nonsense. So I was surprised you jumped right over that. So not only did he happen to learn where the eggs are and happen to run into the eagle that day, but he happened to get... uh, He didn't happen to run into the eagle that day. The kangaroo summoned him to run into the eagle that day. And if the kangaroo would have summoned him the day after, then he wouldn't have gotten into all this stuff. Well, a kangaroo summoned him to release the eagle. Like, that can't be that all that contrived. That was why he was summoned. Excuse me? Yeah. But he just happened to run into a mouse that's stuck on the same day that he runs into the eagle. That's what I'm saying. That's the part that's the... (laughs) Running into... You said he just happened to run into the eagle. He didn't happen. He happened to run into the eagle on the day that he ran into the mouse that he ran into the bad guy. That's what I'm saying. He happened to run into the mouse on the day he met the eagle. That's what you mean. Oh my god. Semantically, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You're being ridiculous. (laughs) But it's more contrived plot nonsense. He just happened to get... uh, If the eagle hadn't given him a feather, then that would have nullified the entire thing. Correct. There wouldn't have been any of it. Correct. But so he got a stupid feather that the guy's like, oh, now I'm going to do a kidnapping and torture and murder of a child. Correct. I, oh, it's freaking nonsense. Uh, so then the guy takes him in the back of the thing and that's when they send the relay deal. No. The, no, yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah, take yeah. him in the back of the thing? Yeah, but No, the, that doesn't happen? You keep jumping to the map thing. He's not even to the place yet. So, yes. He took him in the back of the thing, in the back of the car. Right. He put him in the cage in the car. Right. I didn't jump anywhere. You already mentioned the map thing twice. Because he was torturing him. <laughs> I was explaining. Oh, my God. So, yes, he throws him in the back of the car, and that's when the mouse starts the relay. How did you feel about the relay? It's fine. It was terrible. What was terrible about it? It wasn't as awesome as the 101 Dalmatians relay. Well, they just went to places and they were trying to be creative with what they found at any given place. So what was wrong with it? Nothing. I was just trying to rally you up. Okay. Well, I don't care. What's next? Uh, they can't find Bianca and Bernard because they're at some fancy restaurant about and he wants to propose. And All right. And this is more stuff. I like kick- Bianca. Go ahead. And the ring is just stupid. You move in and it happens to get kicked by the waiter and then happens to get put on the lady's foot and... And it was it was way too expected. It was just like obviously you see this in every kind of scenario like this where oh there's a delay he's gonna ask but there's a delay and then there's an extra delay and then there's an extra extra delay. And it's just like all right well freaking hell and so obviously they're gonna run that through the whole rest of the movie. I mean I still like Bianca and Bernard. I still like them. They're still quality and Bernard has some redeeming stuff later. But it was just uh, all right. I mean I kind of liked how it looked that up on the chandelier. You yeah. know I kind of like how that was set up and how it looked. But but other than that, it was just like, oh, this is stupid. And but how did they know that a waiter was going to drop a pea so that they could make the pea soup for somebody that ordered <laughs> it? I was like, really? Ridiculous. You're asking how the, how the mouse restaurant works? <laughs> <laughs> we really need to dig into this. I don't buy it. All right. 
And then you had your running joke. What? Oh, my joke that I was telling during the movie? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) It was awesome. Uh, We don't need to explain it. Just acknowledge that it was awesome. World and you. It was awesome, right? Yeah, as hilarious as the joke later in the movie. Yeah. So then after that, uh, they go on there. Oh, they have to go find the albatross, which... It's funny because this kind of mirrors some of the stuff in Snow White. You know, obviously we'll get mm-hmm. there and talk to it. But it's just, it's really elongated and right. you already know what's going to happen. So it's kind of annoying. They get the albatross and they're talking to him and they're like, oh, we need to, we have to fly to Atlanta or where, Australia. <laughs> we have to fly to Australia. And finally he's like, oh, and then they're going to go out in the cold because they're in New York and it's snowing. And then they fly and they go on a plane and they're there and that's that. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. And then they have to land. Yes, the landing. The landing contrivedness. <laughs> because, again, they're like, oh, we have to elongate the, the landing strip. Well, it's a freaking bird. That doesn't make any stupid sense. Obviously, any bird can just stop anywhere. It doesn't freaking matter. Uh, but they keep trying to elongate it. The whatever is na- He's like the Australian guy. Because uh, they the guide who's going to be whatever. But so the bird is landing and he's going along this long landing strip that they're trying to make it longer so he can land because it's on top of a roof. Uh, but then he hits a spinny thing where he's spinning around and then the guy, remember he shoots like a bra or something to make him stop? But the stupid bird has to fly off of the stupid spinny thing at just the right angle so he'll hit the bra so it'll stop him. So it's dumb, contrived, outlandish nonsense again. Hmm? Not just contrived, outlandish. Ridiculous. It pissed me off. But so they stop and then they've got this, uh, the freaking Australian guy likes Bianca. So you've got a love triangle thing and Bernard keeps getting stopped and when he's going to try to ask her to marry him and it's just, all right, what? Nothing. But and like when he's when he's doing, oh, I'm going to propose to her again. And it's like, oh, building up. You knew 100% everybody who's ever seen this. Even the dogs knew. They were watching this like, oh my God, that's absolutely going to happen. That the stupid other Australian guy was going to jump in for some reason that's at, right before he does it again. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. It was just like, come on. And then they ride a stupid snake and go to save the kid. Right. But then, the oh, they go through the whole thing, too, where they're trying to, where the kid and all the animals that were captured by the villain are trying to escape their cages. And so they go through the whole thing of trying to attach a whole bunch of uh, sticks and stuff together to try to get the keys, which are in the room, by the way, the keys to all the cages. And then... I mean... Yes, that's ridiculous, like, you know, putting a key to a vault next to the vault. But at least in this case, they're just animals. Animals aren't expected to just be like, here, let me go grab these keys and unlock myself. Animals that understand English. The guy, as you pointed out, adults can't speak to them. He talks to his whatever that is all the time and the thing understands him. That's true. So uh, you'd think that he'd be like, oh, it's smart enough that it would be able to do that. Maybe I'll keep the keys on the outside of the door. Nah. But anyway, right before they get the keys the first time, the stupid sidekick of the bad guy just pops in right then and, and stops it. And then it does it again right before they get it again. And then he steps in right before the third time they're about to get out. It's so, oh my god. And the, cause the kid gets out and then the guy pops in and stops him. And, and then he's taken to the kid and what else happens? Well, that's when he's come up with his plan. So he's coming in to get the kid anyway. Right. Yeah. And be like, ah, oh, the bird was killed. Too bad for those eggs. And then he follows the kid. 
because the kid goes to get the eggs. Right. Oh, so fine. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> He's like, he tricked the stupid kid because the kid's an idiot and stupid and I hate him. Well, then the kid doesn't even think to look behind him as he's going. Right. See this giant vehicle <laughs> the, following him. The guy's following him in a, a giant truck with like tank wheels uh, or tank uh, whatever it's called on either side and this huge cage on the back and that he's seen before and it's following him to wherever the eggs are over the, a giant landscape that's completely open. But it never sees him. Nope. Never, never occurs to him. Oh, he follow The villain follows him to where the eggs are and then uh, Bianca and Bernard happen to get there at the same time to help the kid and the and what happens I mean, they just he, then that the the bird is coming back and he's like you're not dead and yay and then the guy shoots the bird with a net capture thing yeah a missile <laughs> a mounted missile net capture <laughs> midair thing and he could afford that but he needs a giant bird <laughs> Just go retire. You can buy mounted missiles yeah. for your truck. So he does that. He gets the bird and then the kid jumps on it too. And then Bianca and Australian guy jump on it. And, and Bernard too, but he gets off somehow. I don't think Bernard got all the way up there. I don't think he oh. made it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then Bernard hides the eggs and tricks the... Yeah, we don't know that though yet. And... The kid, the guy's like, all right, Jezebel. Sure. I don't remember his name. That's a good name. Go down and eat the eggs and you you have a moment where the thing won't go and then you're like, okay, the eggs are going to be fine. And then he gets kicked off and goes down anyway. Then he gets down into the nest and tries to eat the eggs and we see that they aren't the real eggs. They're rocks. Why... Why would he want him to eat the eggs? Why wouldn't he just take the eggs and grow a couple of more giant eagles? Because he just doesn't have the patience for that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But so, but Bernard had hidden the eggs, and so the more eagles there are, the more less rare they are. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, like or three more, and that's going to really drive the price down. Yeah. What if they were? What if there was a male and a female, and then they mated, and then they just repopulated giant eagledom? Oh no! The price goes way down. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, but then the albatross shows up, and he has to sit on the egg. So Bernard goes to try to save Bianca, an Australian guy, and the bird and the kid. And then uh, the best part is when Bernard is trying to get a a boar. A razorback. Yeah, fine, a razorback. And he grabs it by the tusks. He's just like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Like, throws him down. (laughs) He's like... Yeah, you're gonna help me, and and things like, all right, all right, let's yeah. just take it easy, man. It would be badass, except for it's the exact same thing that the Australian guy did to the snake. Well, yeah, but it's thematic, obviously. Yeah, it's I know. Bernard establishing his his male dominance. I understand, I understand, but it was just like he was just copying this Australian guy. But it seemed like maybe it was just in the delivery of the actor. But it seemed like an exasperated. Okay, I'm just I'm sick of yeah. uh, you know having a facade of you know uh, respectability on or anything like that. I just don't have time for this. It's just you're just doing it. Yeah. But then he goes and say like he's gonna drop the kid in the alligator with the alligators. The villain is not Bernard. <laughs> and then uh, uh, what the freaking Razorback shows up and, and with Bernard and they stop it last second. Even though he already dropped the kid in the water and pulled him back up. So yeah. the kid totally could have been dead. So another contrived plot point. Then they save him and uh, there's a whole sequence. And this, this sequence I thought was fine. Like I didn't have any big problems with it. Do you have problems with it? <laughs> Because it was all, I mean, the action parts of it, you know, you have a a few mice fighting (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Fighting a, a human with a gun and, and trying to save the kid. And I thought it was, it was pretty My well choreographed. The only part that I didn't like is when Bernard pushed the shoe over the edge the rest of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the one thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. All right. But they, so they do that. They save the day and the eagle catches the kid and everybody else and then they take off. Yep. And then Bernard proposes. Yep. And then they fly off into the sunset. Nope. No worry. I mean, do the kid? Does the kid even get home? Hey, you want to talk to the mic? Yeah. You want to talk to the mic? The, does the kid even get home? I don't, did they show anything of him going back to his mom or anything? I don't remember. She didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> she got the backpack back, and she's like, "Eh, all right. Yeah. I'll make another one." Never mind all the <laughs> other aunt. No, because he said his father was gone. She can't make any more kids ever. Oh, Only sh- with that father. All right. Whatever. Well, never mind all the animals that were still locked up in the lair. Oh, right. Yeah. Those guys are just going to die of starvation now. Yep. All right. But that, so that's the end? That's it? All right. Do you have anything else to say about this? No. Oh, no. It ended with this stupid albatross hatching the eggs. Oh, so right. So now they're going to be imprinted on him. So cool. Right. And the price is going down. Yeah. All right. So that's it? Yep. What are you looking at? My roll-up. Fruit roll-up? I knew you were going to say that. You did not. I did too. <laughs> you did not. I knew you were going to say that. Hey, guess what? <sighs> what? We can go to Pyology and I get a free pizza there too. Oh my god, we don't need this much pizza. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we do. We haven't been to Pyology in forever though. Yeah. You don't even like it anymore. Yes, I do. You do not. Why don't I? You just want Ann pizza. Well, I like the drizzle on Ann pizza. Drizzle? Yeah, the balsamic drizzle oh my god that was the loudest thing you've ever said one free pizza with the purchase of pizza of equal or greater value i have until november 12th for this one all right not bad so what did no so what ah. what's the animation yeah so this one is actually a tricky one animate oh i thought you're still talking about your <laughs> it's like nice tricky how we were try. gonna how we we're gonna time our pizza purchases this is a tricky one animation snow white versus rescuers down under why is it tricky because um animation you know snow white had something going for it because it was the original feature length film but it was kind of rough around the edges animation yeah and then rescuers down under they had some nice scenes in there and some nice colors and they really did so they really did that's what makes it tricky like do you go with cutting edge technology cutting edge 1990 <laughs> no 1940 what snow white is the cutting edge okay is it cutting edge all yeah. right fine but rescuers it's, it's just, just run of the mill for if it's going up against anything else but i don't think we you don't compare it to what was around the time you say it's just what is better now like you just take it today what what is better animating so snow white carries no weight with it because of when it was done correct it's just which one is better so giant baby snow white right against bianca is what you're saying yeah, well i wouldn't just put it that simple of terms because bianca is nice looking <laughs> So, because if it was just on that plane, then it would be Bianca. I know. <laughs> like, down under would win. <laughs> but, I mean, I actually, when I was watching Snow White, I loved everything about the animation. Yeah. I loved the colors. Even though she looked like a giant baby, I just, I liked how she moved. I liked a lot of the frames and the, the shots they used. Like, there's one from inside the well. Like, that's a really advanced kind of a shot to have in, in this kind of... And it looked really nice, too, because it had, like, 
drips of water coming mm-hmm. down and stuff. I appreciated the well scene with the vibrations of the voice showing in the water. I liked that. Oh, a lot. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of it, like there were so many animals a lot of the time, you know, that were running around and stuff. And the scenes with all the animals in Snow White were much more uh, um, vibrant and engaging than any of the scenes with a bunch of animals in. Because they were just completely wasted, obviously, in Rescuers. uh, And they weren't doing anything. You know, the animals in Snow White obviously were doing a lot. (laughs) They were. I mean, you have that direct parallel of the animals running towards something. Yeah, yeah. So just in the treatment of large groups of animals, then obviously Snow White just demolishes. Yeah. And then, I don't know, something, it's like more contained, you know, it's like more tethered to... Something that made it feel more, like, grounded and real in Snow White. You mean people aren't riding on giant birds? Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Or Mission Impossibling it up to the sides of things or all sorts of wonky stuff. And I like that all the uh, the dwarfs, they're distinctive looking. Yeah. Uh, like, they're, they're very, you know which one of them's which based on how they look. And it's not just, you know, Sneezy having a red nose or something. You know, it's like, uh, you can tell which one's which. I like the scary scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. Just the implication of the stuff coming alive all over the place. There were a couple things I didn't like. Like, at the end, when Snow White's talking to the witch through the window... You know, and she's offering her stuff there. And then all of a sudden, when the animals are standing there, there's a window pane and they can't get into the house. Oh. I didn't like that. Oh. Um, and I didn't like that all of a sudden it was pouring down rain, too, when the animals finally bust into the house and scare the witch away. I thought that bothered me, too. But I don't know if that's what, animation. The, the second s- one is, I don't know if it's animation or story. The suddenness of the rain? Yeah. You like? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really impact animation much. Yeah, that's why I thought it might be more story. Um, the but window is definitely animation. <laughs> the window. But like there was the scale thing in Rescuers in the hole, you know, where it just yeah. changes the scale weirdly. And, and I feel like it happened multiple times when it came to different things relative to each other, like the animals relative to each other and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like it would just change dramatically on occasion. And I mean... I didn't really, I didn't like the look of where they were all being held captive. I didn't like how that was designed or how it looked. I, I liked his cave. It had a bunch of pelts all over and it was really rudimentary, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I liked up on the chandelier. That was, that was neat. And a couple of the shots. I, I like how his truck looked, you know? It was like, it could have just been generic or it could have been stupid looking, but just the way that the cage was set up with the tank tracks on either side and, and the cab and stuff, I think that looked really nice. Yeah. But other than all that stuff, I think Snow White gets it for me. Yeah. Uh, I'd go Snow White as well. Uh, I go Snow White as well. I'm tired. I guess I'll go Snow White. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Character Snow White. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you're falling asleep. <laughs> she was, like you said, she was kind of nondescript except for the time she was making them dinner. Right, yeah, that was, that was pretty much the only time she had some personality. Otherwise, what is she? She's just uh, just really sweet and wants to pick flowers and stuff. Yeah. Unless you take the angle that this is all going inside her head. In that case, it's very deep character. You can't do that like we did with Alice in Wonderland. No, that was our conversation, the whole thing that started this. What are you talking about? 100% when we started talking about Snow White. <laughs> that's what we were saying. That this is all her personality? Uh-huh. Oh, things about the like the different... 
Because they're all based on some, like, trait. Yeah. Uh, and so they're all representative of... What were we saying? It was, it was like, genius-level stuff that we were talking <laughs> about before. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was now. Obviously, you didn't even remember we had the conversation before we had this conversation about Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. But there was something about... It was awesome, but I don't think... Because it's just about character. Like, who's the character? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think we can attribute it much to that. But what about, I mean, the dwarves? Like, do they have legit character and personalities? I mean, they have different personalities, but it's just they're kind of honed in one-trick pony type things. Well, some of them are gimmicks. So, like, Sneezy, gimmick. And by the way, one of them gave Sneezy, they were like flowers and shoved them in Sneezy's face. That was a dick move. (laughs) Like, he would know that Sneezy's especially (laughs) susceptible to that, so he shouldn't do that nonsense. But anyway... So, sneezy gimmick, dopey gimmick, you know. Um, Grumpy? No, that's what I'm saying. Grumpy and Doc are not gimmicks. Grumpy and Doc are legit characters. Yeah, because they come around and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Grumpy has an arc, and he also has uh, an implied backstory. (laughs) Well, because he doesn't like women. He's really worried about women. So, there's something going on there. So, that's some part of his personality, at least. But he also has an arc because he comes around to like Snow White, even though he was the one, he was the holdout. And then Doc is the one who's, uh, you know, he has personality in that he he goes different ways at different times where he's trying to work with the people he's working with. And he's like, I like that he just breaks down at one point. He's like, I really like Snow White. (laughs) You know what he's talking when they're washing up. And it's, he's like, I'd do it for her. (laughs) And then everybody else like, yeah, yeah, we do it too. And Grumpy's like, F that. So those two have personality, but the other five don't really. They're just... They're just gimmicks. And then, I mean, the wi- the stepmother, I mean, she has some kind of... She's really vain. Uh, she's creative. The thing, It was funny, like I said to me, that she forgot that there was an antidote to the thing. <laughs> she had to be like, oh, what? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a character flaw. Yeah. <laughs> she's not just like a perfect villain, you know, who has to be overcome. She, she's just trying to, <laughs> to get her way, but she's not all that great at it sometimes. And I love that the, the vultures don't help her out, aren't just her minions, and are just waiting for a kill. So they can get something to eat Uh, that gives them some awesome character so what about the animals do they have character (laughs) you just want to get this conversation over with so what i was going to say like how did we handle the characters in this other sequels we watched what do you mean like rescuers yeah no like in toy story did we they were just start again blank slate characters they didn't have any carry over from their last one we just judged them based on that movie they still get their likability uh, because that's just general, but still, you need what happens with these characters in this movie, and how is their character expressed? So in this, it would be like uh, Bernard; he's fumbling and and struggles with proposing, and and finally comes around to be the hero, you know, by the end. So that's his character. Mm. And then, but Bianca's pretty blank in this. Yeah, I know that the first one she was more independent everything like there was one part where i thought well good i'm glad that she was at least able to catch up and grab the rope herself in this one but it was still she needed help so much yeah yeah uh she was definitely more capable and got a lot more done in the first one in this one she because they were playing up the bernard having to prove himself so he can get the marriage thing yeah so they were playing that up so it gave like they couldn't give bianca anything to do yeah or that undermines that uh, that idea yeah the Australian guy doesn't have... He doesn't have much of a personality. Uh, the kid doesn't have a personality. What the, about the bad guy? 
uh, villain. He's just bad guy all around. There's nothing. Yeah, there's no redeeming humani- anything. Yeah, humanizing anything. I mean, the eagle has some kind of a personality. Yeah. It wants to. It's like thankful and wants. To, it's sad about losing its husband. Yeah. Takes care. Wants to take care of the eggs. But Is that really its only motivation? I guess. There's no other intimation, right? Mm-mm. So, what do you think? What is your pick for the winner of this category? Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just based on the the two dwarves. Uh, yeah. Maybe even just likability, because at least the other ones you like a lot. I think I'm mostly annoyed at how Bianca was so yeah decentralized in this, and I understand for plot purposes she had to be, but like I really like that about the first one that she was so integral and did what she needed to do, and she wasn't just any in any way a backseat character or anything. But in this, it was like she had she was just kind of shuffled off. So right, all right, Snow White storyline plot. Snow White spends a lot of time. In just like five areas, you know, where they're doing five things that all take 20 minutes each, you know, it's and they so there's not plot happening at those times. It's just I wonder if that was I mean, now thinking about it, that's how they made it a feature length film. Yeah. Is that they stayed in the same area so that they had that those cells within with it within to work work within. That's right. Which what? with to work. <laughs> So wow. That, I need to go to bed. <laughs> they had those basic cells to provide an area within to work. Okay. So that they didn't have to reanimate all that. Yeah. once they yeah. have it, they can just place different characters over it. That's a good point. But they end up, you know, just when she's with the, the animals, when she's at their house cleaning, uh, when they're creeping up on her to wake her up. I mean, all those, they go on for a long time mm-hmm. and there's not any other plot happening. The real plot is just, she's the Ferris killer. She meets some <laughs> dwarves and now the the stepmother is trying to assassinate her. And, you know, that's that's the plot. Mm-hmm. With Rescuers Down Under, I mean, they do have a bunch of things going on. You know, it's the guy trying to poach the kid for it. But there's a contrived stuff. Like, if it wasn't so contrived that all these things had to happen just in this right sequence, just to make sure at the right time and everything else, then, I mean, I think I'd pretty easily give it to Rescuers because there's just more meat on it. But it's... I don't know. I mean, the things that I like about the story in Rescuers Down Under is the how he tricks the kid. You know, it's like that's a fine plot point. Uh, just because when he initially said it, I was like, what does he mean, the eggs? And then he's like, oh, well, you know, that's going to be sad if the, those eggs aren't going to have any, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's that's something. Um, him following him didn't make any freaking sense because yeah. he's driving behind him giant truck but and i don't know aspects of the world you know the mice living their little thing and they're helping people and all that stuff is i like all that i don't i just think maybe snow white is so thin on plot that i just give it to rescuers yeah 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 okay music snow white agreed i mean it just just to like reiterate those early movies they had full orchestras that were telling the story. Yeah. Like, throughout the movie, it wasn't just, hey, let's 
stick this pop song here and put a montage. It was, they're walking up the stairs. What instruments can we correlate or what instruments can we use to, to make that seem like it's everything? Like the turtle falling down the stairs. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, when he's just bonking and then hitting yeah. the wall and all that stuff. Just uh, They had a, a note on each one of those. Right. And that all contributes and adds to the storytelling of it. Yeah. It so. just makes it so much more fun to watch even when it's when there's not a whole lot going on. It's right. so much more fun to watch when it's doing that. And so, you know, yes, you have the mem- mem- memorable songs um, like Whistle While You Work right. and Classic. Hi-Ho. Classic. And, like, um, just, but it just, it's just this whole experience. Yeah. And Rescuers Down Under, no music? I don't remember any. Yeah, so, all right, so that was an easy category. Uh, what about memorability? I mean, I feel like it's heavily weighted in one direction. Rescuers? Okay. Yeah. Snow White. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, Snow White is pretty much going to beat anything on memorability, right? Yeah. Like, what is going to be able to stand up against the first Disney movie ever? Yeah, but you can't, like, just like you can't give animation passes because it was the first or, you know. I think that there are other movies that could stand up against it. Nope. Not necessarily Rescuers Down Under, but... Nope, no single movie in the world. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to remember everything about Snow White. Snow it's friggin' memorable. How much has it permeated culture? Snow White-related things. It's all over the place. The yeah, Seven Dwarves, yeah, the Hi-Ho, yeah. the Whistle While You Work, all that stuff. Yeah? Yeah, it's all over the place. Okay. And it's been doing that for 70 years. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Well, so, but it wins this one, at least. Yeah, easily. All right. So, that's Snow White 4 to 1. That's relatively comfortable win there. Mm-hmm. And do you know what's coming up next? Lion King and Wreck-It Ralph. Lion King and Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. I do not remember Wreck-It Ralph. And Lion King's based on Hamlet. So, that's pretty tough. Mm. <laughs> All right? All right. Are you ready for bed? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. 